Hello, and welcome back to Tea Time, the show where we uncover and dissect the elusive and exclusive status of celebrity and pop culture as a whole. I'm your host, Landon Paproth, and here with me today is... Margo. I'm enjoying some lovely Darjeeling tea in the studio this fine afternoon. What are you sipping on, Margo? Oh, just some eternal sunshine tea with unspecified flavoring. Mysterious. Well, it looks like we have a caller. Let's see what our audience wants to hear about today. Care to do the honors? Stalkers, oh my god, do stalkers. I, I just can't believe some fans can do that. Well, sure. You know, because me personally, I wouldn't be acting like that if I met my favorite actor. Like, I'd be treating them with the utmost respect, like... Okay, yeah, I think we got the gist. Let's get a move on. Stalkers. Well, then I guess we have to talk about paparazzi and breakdowns. Let's do some research. Oh, golly. Wowza. Ooh. Well, this is going to be one roller coaster. So put your seatbelts on and let's get to driving. (laughs) Now, we're going to be covering a range of topics this episode, but it all has the central theme of, how you say, invasions of privacy. Yes. So first the paparazzi, then the stalkers, and then what it can lead to. Breakdowns. Now, let's get into one of the biggest problems that celebrities have, the paparazzi. No, no, not the Billboard 100 hit song Paparazzi by Lady Gaga, Vice President of Gag City. I'm talking about the invasive group of borderline stalkers. No, not the hit song Borderline by artist Tame Impala. I'm talking about how these individuals can legally stalk celebrities, whether they're walking down the street, arguing with their spouse, or even just getting a bite to eat. This is a big problem in Hollywood, with actors like Tobey Maguire and his driving fiasco with paparazzi. According to FandomWire.com, Maguire was trying to leave a restaurant when he was swarmed by paparazzi, barely able to make it to his car. Once he managed to get back into his car, he wasn't able to get out of the parking lot, as his visibility was completely blocked by people behind cameras. As he kept trying to get further and further, his remaining patience diminished bit by bit until he rolled down his window. Get the out of the way mother trucker this did not help however as the lowered window just allowed for cameras to be shoved further in his face there are plenty of other instances of nosy photographers there's emma watson with pictures being taken of her skirt on her 18th birthday Mm-mm. or liam hemsworth and his tussle with paparazzi or also reese witherspoon's six-year-old birthday party which was ruined by paparazzi assaulting multiple disney world employees and causing the young attendees of this party to start crying according to LA Times. However, there is another case where paparazzi may have done more than just harassment. They may have led to the death of an internationally beloved royal. Yeah, I'm sure you probably know who we're talking about, perchance. You can't just say perchance. My bad. I'm sure you know who we're talking about, but in case you don't, we are talking about the lovely Diana Francis Spector, better known as Princess Diana of Wales. It was the night of August 31st, 1997, and a car was driving down the streets of Paris. Until it wasn't. Charles Spencer, brother of the princess, explains it best. Quote, she was the most hunted person of the modern age. End quote. I mean, people would literally jump out of cars for a single picture of her. It would be this that would lead to that fateful night when she was spotted in a car whizzing down the road. According to Time Magazine, 
The car was carrying Diana and her fiancé, Dodi Al-Fayed, which was speeding down the street, avoiding paparazzi until it crashed into a pillar. Now, there's a lot of conspiracies about whether the driver was actually hired to kill her or whether it was due to the paparazzi or some other secret plot. But it seems clear that it was due to a mixture of both the driver and the paparazzi. It doesn't help that the paparazzi just stood there and took pictures of her crashed car instead of attempting to help her or her fiancé or the driver. But why would they spend time doing that when they could make a pretty penny off those pics? Uh, How to say? I want to add more. If I do recall correctly, uh, Diana was dead on scene, and but like no one even tried. Yeah, no like one, no one even got close to the car unless they were taking yeah, cam- like pictures I, of it. Because I know it was in a tunnel. Yeah, it was Paris, and every time mm-hmm. I drive in a tunnel, I think about Princess Diana. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. Well, and like cars would like. Like I read this case where these people literally like drove on the wrong side of the road, like driving around cars, swerving all over just to... Like paparazzi? Yes. And he literally, like I said before, he jumped out of the car with his camera in his hand to take a single picture. One picture. That's crazy. And just hoped that it was, like, good. That's crazy. I would never jump out of a car. Like, actually. like They're, like, ruthless. Yeah. Really, they are. Well, on to the next case. Want to know how a fan's obsession with a celebrity can drive them to murder their idol? Look no further than the case of superstar Selena Quintanilla's 1995 murder. This information was gathered from biography.com. So let me set the scene. It's 1991 and you, Yolanda Saldivar, attend a Selena concert. Finally, you get to see your idol in person, performing your favorite songs. You might even become so obsessed that you start a fan club for her. So you contact the singer's brother, Abraham. He thinks it's a great idea. Your club grows to 1,500 members, and it thrives under your leadership. Eventually, after a few years, the Quintanillas entrust you with some more responsibilities. You get a promotion to manage Selena's new boutiques for her clothing, and even control her business checking accounts. Oh, you also get a key to Selena's home, which she shared with her husband, Chris Perez. Your own apartment becomes somewhat of a shrine to her. You become obsessive. Selena's husband, Chris Gomez, becomes wary of Yolanda, stating that, quote, she'd get very angry if you crossed her. She would play so many mind games, say people said things that they hadn't said. So many things would happen to the clothing I was working on. I knew that I had finished a certain piece, but I would come back from a trip to New York and the hems would be ripped out. It was very strange. So Abraham, Selena, and her sister confronted Yolanda, accusing her of stealing money from the boutiques and the fan club. She was fired on the spot. However, Selena kept in contact with her as she still needed some financial documents in which Yolanda was in possession of. After stalling for several weeks, Yolanda told Selena to meet her at a Corpus Christi motel where she would hand over the documents. Selena's husband left a final warning to her, quote, be careful. So Selena met with Yolanda in the motel room, and Yolanda did hand the documents over. But as Selena was leaving the motel room, Yolanda pulled out a gun from her purse and shot her point blank. Selena ran away, making it to the lobby and identifying Yolanda Saldivar as her assailant before she collapsed. She was rushed to the hospital where she was pronounced dead. Meanwhile, Yolanda Saldivar stayed on the scene. She locked herself in her car with a gun to her head. A seven and a half hour police standoff ensued where Yolanda said that they were best friends and that she loved Selena and would do anything for her. 
Saldivar was charged with first-degree murder, where she's remained in jail ever since. She's eligible for parole in March 2025. Just know that the world will await that day, Yolanda. Before getting off this, I don't know why Selena wouldn't send someone from her team to go get those documents. It's always like, like why'd she have to go to the motel room herself? Well, because she had like a personal connection with her, though. I know. Like she but, trusted her. Yeah, she trusted her, but she was already being strange and stealing money and doing all this stuff. Like she had a track record of being strange. I don't. How young just, was she? Selena. Selena, she was young. Yeah, like so not, much young potential loss when she died. I mean, yeah, she saw the good in people. And she died because of it, and that's messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says she was twenty-three, so I mean, like, yeah. that's really young. It's so young. She had so much potential, and ugh, just literally so awful. There's another similar case, um, like this. So on to the next case. Another murderous fan struck the twenty-two-year-old on the rise singer Christina Grimmy during a meet and greet after her concert at Plaza Live in Orlando on June tenth, twenty sixteen. In an excerpt from Orlando Weekly, quote, It remains unclear how Grimmy's killer was able to get two guns and a hunting knife into the plaza, but the real disgrace is that he was able to own weapons at all. Her killer detailed his descent into madness exhaustively on social media, but even the reddest of flags are often covered by free speech laws, and victims have little or no recourse to securing their safety aside from strapping up themselves. And this comment was particularly disturbing. And this comment was particularly disturbing about victims having little recourse but self-defense because, like, that's true and that's scary. It's shocking how there's often no defense for stalking until it's too late, at least legally speaking. Like, I've heard way too many stories of people telling the police about their stalker, and then all they say back is, we can't do anything until, like, anything further goes, whether that's, like, an attack or literally murder or breaking into the home or whatever. It's just... I don't know. At least celebrities have the means for security and like people around them. Although like these two examples kind of prove that that's not yeah. enough sometimes, but there needs to be some change on that. Well, there's also like it's hard to prove that someone's stalking you. Yeah. Like that's it's just so hard to prove. Yeah, if I was in charge of it, I don't know how I would change it. It's a yeah, complicated like, issue, but it sucks because it's like literally I see it all the time. It's like they tell people about their stalker yeah. or the police about their stalker and then they But die. like you need, it's so hard to get any sort of like evidence. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Cause like they'll just violate the restraining orders. Yeah. So well, that and like do if you see them all the time, you saying it isn't evidence enough. Like you need I think irrefutable that's proof. I, I don't, but you could also make it up. What if yeah. you had a kid with someone and you left them, and they wanted to see their kid, and you said they were stalking you, so they can't see you or the kid anymore. I mean, it's so complicated. It's case by case, but I feel like yeah. when when there's even one incident of, like, I told the cops, like, you've done everything you can do, and then you still get killed, it's like yeah. there needs to be something where you don't have to have, like, concrete evidence. Because police don't need concrete evidence. They can search you on, like, reasonable suspicion. But they're, like that's what they're hired to have. They're, supposedly they're trained for that. <laughs> supposedly they learn all of this. But, oh well. Back to the case. The assailant believed that the two were destined for each other. Having become obsessed with Grimmy, it was said that he would watch her videos every day, almost 
At the meet and greet, he shot Grimmy before being tackled by her brother Marcus, and then the crazed fan took his own life. CNN gives statements made by the fans, only friend in the world, and that he had, quote, became fixated on Grimmy in the last six months to a year. The killer told his friends he watched everything having to do with her. So that kind of ends that case. Um, R.I.P. Christina Grimmy is a tragedy, really, and R.I.P. Selena as well. But uh, fortunately, fortunately, these next cases detail celebrities who weren't murdered by their obsessive fans. But the trauma inflicted is still just as real. Which one shall we start with? I'd go with Paula Abdul. Poor girl was stalked for 17 years up until 2008 when, well, you'll see. Wait. Wasn't her stalker's name also Paula? Yeah, Paula Goodspeed. She actually changed it at age 16. Hmm, I wonder why. Well, <laughs> well, according to People Magazine, Sonia McIntyre, her niece, says she did it about 16 years ago and suggests a decision may not have had anything to do with Abdul. She just liked the name Paula. Well, she was an obsessive stalker fan either way. However, this is not entirely without death. The stalker actually took her own life in the end. Yeah. And one of the times Goodspeed was able to get closest to Abdul... As well as gain her address... Mm-hmm, ...was during American Idol, of which Abdul was a host. And as Daily Mail puts it, quote, Despite her pleas with the program's producers not to allow Goodspeed to audition, they ignored her, insisting it would be entertaining. Speaking to broadcaster Barbara Walters on her series radio show later that night, Abdul elaborated on her anger against the producers. She said, quote, This girl is a stalker of mine, and please do not let her in, quote. And she said, Everyone knew. I mean, I was shaking, and they thought this would be, an, this would be for entertainment value. Abdul would receive constant letters, and the fact that Simon Cowell had ridiculed and dismissed Goodspeed from the American Idol only increased the flow. Letters, phone calls, even some unwanted visits would happen for the next three years. This brings us to the end of our story where, as reported by ABC News, Goodspeed was found dead in her car a few doors away from Abdul's home in Los Angeles. It was reported as an apparent suicide. And that's just crazy. (laughs) That's just crazy. There's not much more to say about that than that's just crazy. Well, this next one's a little more recent, involving a very well-known singer who had recently just got a new haircut. Harry Styles. Mm -hmm. Definitely styling that hair. He went to court several times, and the stalker broke the restraining orders regularly. Harry talked about having anxiety, hiring a night guard, and installing a panic lock in his bedroom door because of his stalker. In 2022, he hired a private investigator who specialized in stalking protection, and the stalker actually started to harass her at work and threatened to kill her because they wanted to have Harry for herself. The real quote is much more messed up, but we cannot, we can't say that on the air, so let your mind run wild. (laughs) The private investigator talked about having panic attacks and being unable to work after that. That's crazy. I mean... How are you going to freak out about the private investigator that specializes in people like you? So, like, did the private investigator have to hire a private investigator for the stalker she was investigating? Like, how does that work? It's like, who's the therapist's therapist? Anyway, girl. At the same time, the stalker managed to break into his house and assaulted some of the staff while Harry was home. In a quote from Styles pulled from IB Times, he says, quote, I find myself assessing my residence and weak spots in it. I worry about it. If I see people on multiple occasions, I view them differently than I would before. 
that part about uh, multiple occasions. Do you know? Do you know about Sarah the stalker? Stalker Sarah. Stalker Sarah. Is that yes? Yeah. The girl who took pictures with everyone. Like everyone. Like everyone. Like everyone. <laughs> I was looking at pictures, researching this. She has like eighty pictures with Demi Lovato. Girl, like just Demi I wonder Lovato. what she thinks. She Poot. probably freaked out because Demi's been stalked, right? She has been sure. stalked. Poot Lovato. Poot Lovato. <laughs> that picture was crazy. Do you know how long it took me to realize that was edited? Me too. Like, I thought that was real. She thought it was real. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, my favorite dish, probably a mug. <laughs> Girl, what? Is that a reference? Yeah, you haven't seen that? It's like an interview, and they ask her, she's like, they're like, what's your favorite dish? And she's like, probably, <laughs> like, a mug. Like, it's very versatile. It's very versatile. Girl, what else do you put in a mug? Like, well, like, have you seen those, like, microwave cakes in, like, a mug? Yeah, true, but, like... Or like, like a pizza. Like I saw like a, a TikTok pizza. and it was Girl, like, get a plate. it was like Grow a, up. A, a like a pizza bowl. <clears throat> That's a bowl, not a mug. But you put it in a mug because then you hold you. It has like a handle. You hold it. Grow up, grow up. Maybe you just need some sense of adventure. Maybe I need some childlike wonder. Maybe. Maybe that'll fix. Maybe me. you just need an active imagination. <laughs> Maybe you need to be. I'm not gonna say that. Well, onto the next case. <laughs> onto the next case. Uh, Jennifer Lopez. Now we've all heard of Jennifer Lopez, but did anyone hear about the guy that slept in her pool house for nearly a week? Girl, a week? Yeah. I mean, she didn't live at the property like at the time. You know, multiple houses type money. But girl, he was posting pictures of himself and her house on Facebook. Facebook. The nerve, girl. I wonder if she was scrolling and did like a double take, like. Oh, that's the same painting I have. That's the same floor I have. Hold on. Well, his stay ended soon after. He got quite arrested. I'm sure he was charged more. Well, do you think he would have gotten away with it if he didn't post that on Facebook? Um, maybe. He posted, like, like, like his whole Facebook was, like, devoted to her. Yeah, that seems to be... Kind of the theme is obsessive fans getting going too but far. Like, what if if he didn't like post it? Do you think he could have gotten squatters' rights? Squatters' rights, like how? You don't know what squatters' rights are. Inform me. And so squatters' rights is like if you like stay in a person's home or like in this like place, or I think it's like thirty days, you get squatters' rights. Like, there's a like rights for squatters. Like they get to stay there. Really. And you have to like prove shit. Like yeah, like that's a problem with like Airbnb. Where, like, people will, like, where they, like, will, like, hire an Airbnb for, like, two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then they won't, like, move out. And if they're not forcibly removed within, like, 30 days of them initially getting there, and they have proof that they were there for 30 days, they get squatters' rights. And then the Airbnb, oh, wow. like, hosts us, like, take them to court and shit. Like, that's, like, a thing. Take them to court and stuff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take them to court and whatever. Next segment um, is about the word parasocial. It's a word that's caused a lot of buzz this year. And an example is like when you're a fan of someone, but that connection's only online. They'll never know you and you'll never truly know them. So that describes a lot of people. An example of this behavior is when you're an influencer and your dad dies. So your fans think a perfectly normal response is to plan a meet and greet at said funeral. If I had a nickel for every time this happens, I'd have two. Which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. The other event was with Bretman Rock. When the Dolan twins' father died in January 2019, 
they made a tweet announcing it. This was attached to a subsequent post pleading fans not to show up at their father's funeral. And that's crazy that it even had to be asked. But some fans were already planning a meet and greet at the burial. And those phrases should not be in the same sentence, really. Superfans made an account called Sean Dolan Funeral with the following post, sketching a plan for their meet and greet. Quote, Hey guys, so here's the plan if you're on SDFLMP. Dream SMP? Oh no, the Sean Dolan Funeral List meetup plan. Oh, well, still, that's pretty crazy. Well, step one, meet up at McDonald's all together. Step two, get ready in my hotel room. Step three, head to the funeral. Step four, pay our respects to Sean by going up to his casket and holding his hand. And please cry. Please cry. That's, That's crazy. crazy. <laughs> holding his hand? Yeah, like... You're touching You're the, touching him? Like, the levels of violation is just, like, crazy. That's why I'd include this. Uh, step five, hug the twins, Cameron, mom, family. Step six, speak with the twins after meeting slash taking pictures. And it ends with this night that <laughs> and it ends with this note. And be nice. Hard to believe being nice is a concern when you cross just so many boundaries up to this level. And you're just completely oblivious. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure this event was one of the main factors the Dolan twins went off the internet. I haven't heard about them for a while this is like this yeah. is like old news but it came up in my mind when we're talking about this because that was just crazy and i really don't blame i really and i really don't blame them because yeah. that's just crazy that is parasocial behavior yeah and they they actually did execute this because i saw some pictures um online where yeah. they were together and it's just like awful because you know the fans all giddy inside mm -hmm. and it's just like, not the time or place. Like, get out. Like, bye, sister. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> With a track record like this, it's no wonder most celebrities distance themselves from fans or have 24-7 security. I mean, if I was them, I wouldn't show my face that much either. Speaking of faces, sometimes there's fans so obsessed they want to copy your face. So, there's this girl who imitates Taylor Swift's appearance and then goes out in public acting like her. Her name? Ashley Leachin. Leachin? As in leeching off Taylor's career? Yeah. I mean, but I guess it's just Ashley. Mmm. <laughs> That's her username. According to her TikTok account with that username, uh, she was escorted out of a shopping center for impersonating Swift. And she called it a social experiment. That one's just more funny to me than anything. I don't think that one's... In terms of, like, everything here, obviously that's the least wrongdoing one. That's just kind of yeah. funny. Because she's not the only person to impersonate a celebrity in public. No. But, but like, there's, like, this thing, like, people will, like, see her walking down the street mm -hmm. and they'll be like, oh, no, that's just Ashley. <laughs> like, so she's, like, known for it. Like, now. she's known. And, she, like, sometimes she'll be like, oh, like, I'm not trying to look like her. And she'll be wearing, like, the red lipstick. Yeah. And she, like, gets her hair cut to look like her. And, like... <laughs> and then there's, like, the cross-section yeah. online. And they look, like, exactly the same. She's like, this is just my style. Style? <gasps> <laughs> to transition into our next session, where we break down the breakdowns, it's important to start with this note. A major gossip site that has stopped at nothing to get a piece is TMZ, who if you don't know, has quite the track list in pop culture journalism. To list everything here would be too much, but 
They're often criticized for their invasive and sometimes false reporting and harassing tendencies. They're not alone in this behavior. That's like the Hollywood way. But just to paint a picture for you, they have the LEPD on payroll and uploaded pictures from, from Kobe Bryant's helicopter crash site, which they published before his wife Vanessa Bryant knew. Also, Bob Saget's wife found out about his death just 15 minutes before the TMZ article. In short, they're ruthless. In short, they're ruthless, and their mouths are constantly frothing for any bit of dirt on a celeb. So it's no wonder how they pounced on Britney Spears' notorious 2007 mental breakdown. The egg girl turned psycho with shaved head, who is also attacking paparazzi with an umbrella? It was a headline frenzy. Since her breakup with Justin Timberlake, her reputation was constantly being sabotaged. Paparazzi photoshopping photos of her so she would appear more disheveled, a painful divorce, constant media pressure, and let's not forget, providing for her family since seven years old, which ripped her childhood away. Miss Girl's been through it. Mm-hmm. And in an excerpt from Spears' memoir, The Woman in Me, which she just released recently, uh, she says, quote, I'd been eyeballed so much growing up. I'd been looked up and down and had people telling me what they thought of my body since I was a teenager. Shaving my head and acting out were my ways of pushing back, Spears says. According to Mirror, Brittany lost custody of both her kids, even barricading herself in a bathroom with her youngest, herself having to be removed on a stretcher and detained for two weeks of psychiatric hold. Following the aforementioned event, Spears was put in a conservatorship of her father, Jamie Spears. This allowed him total control over her life and finances. According to the New York Times, her father and others involved in the conservatorship called it, quote, a smooth running machine that had rescued her from a low point and that she could move to end it whenever she wanted. However, Miss Spears silently opposed the conservatorship for years and said that it, quote, restricted everything from whom she dated to the color of her kitchen cabinets. The system had too much control. She was sick of being taken advantage of, sick of being the only one working and everyone else earning her money. She told the court that she felt forced to stay at a mental health facility and perform against her will. Within a year of being deemed unable to care for herself, she guest starred on national television, released a number one album, and was preparing to go on a hundred show tour around the world. Even though she earned millions, she was limited to a $2,000 weekly allowance. According to Insider, in June 2021, Spears officially asked the court to end her conservatorship. Quote, It's my wish and dream for all this to end. I just want my life back. The conservatorship should end. I truly believe this conservatorship is abusive. In November 2021, the conservatorship ended following Spears' testimony and the hashtag Free Britney online campaign, which you may remember. Now, Britney is free with her kids and living the life she pleases and as she deserves. Continuing on to another example, the media's favorite, Kanye West. He has had his fair share of mental breakdowns, but what we'll detail specifically was in 2016 and 2018. It should also be noted that West has had a very public battle with bipolar disorder. To begin, a Vibe.com statement regarding West's ex-trainer Harley Pasternak. Quote, this employee had unfortunately been a first-hand witness to West's abnormal behavior. A few occurrences were including the time where West had the rant about supporting Donald Trump, and shortly afterwards became awfully paranoid believing that rapper Jay-Z was sending killers to keep him quiet. 
One day, when Pasternak arrived at West's house, he claims to have found him writing on the bedsheets and, quote, said he saw Ye with suitcases packed with pots, pans, and Tupperware. He was writing Bible verses and drawing spaceships on bedsheets with a sharpie, while a handful of worried friends and employees lingered nearby. Yeah, definitely something up. And he was claiming that these actions were from exhaustion? So, the 2013 incident of him drawing a swastika on a sample model during one of the Yeezy's earliest meetings could have also been from exhaustion. Hmm. Oh, 100%. When he also allegedly told a Jewish Adidas employee to, quote, kiss a picture of Hitler every day. Oh, that's not. How about we go back to the exhaustion comment? Good idea. In an interview Wes had been present on, he claimed his breakdown was because of exhaustion, not mental illness. The Piers Morgan one, right? Yep. New York Post gives us a great breakdown of this interview. Quote, I believe that I suffered from exhaustion. I suffered from being lied to constantly by the people around me, by my management, by my ex-wife, and I believe those things can drive anyone to a point of maximum exhaustion. End quote. West said, referencing his 2016 hospitalization for a psychiatric emergency. Wait, wait. Speaking of his hospitalization, wasn't that during his tour? Where he canceled it, then hours later was brought in due to exhaustion? Exactly. In the beginning, it was a medical emergency, which was later referred to as a psychiatric emergency in a recording from the fire department's dispatch call, obtained by none other than TMZ. There are a few factors that could have led to this break, such as when Kim Kardashian was robbed at gunpoint. That definitely had an impact. In an episode of Keeping Up With The Kardashians, Kim had rushed to Kanye when he was hospitalized from New York to Los Angeles, and she stayed with him the entire week. Upon returning, she confessed. While speaking with her mother, Kris Jenner, and sister Khloe Kardashian, Kim explained how the pressure of trying to hold it together following the robbery contributed to Kanye's mental exhaustion and strain. Quote, I feel a sense of responsibility just with the pressure of taking care of everything, she said in the episode. Even after the robbery and everything, it just, I've been staying home and I've been looking to him just to take care of everything while I stay home. He just never takes time off. Now let's move on to his more recent episode in 2018. His mother, a former English teacher named Donda West, died in 2007 due to a liposuction gone wrong, which West funded. Many cite this as Kanye's pivotal moment where he took a turn for the worst. Many, including himself, call this Kanye the old Kanye, the mama's boy, progressive, recently emerging rags to riches artist and producer. After Donda's death, his musical sound shifted to become darker, and his presence in the media reflected that. Taylor Swift's VMA moment, Confederate flag merch for his album, anti-Semitic remarks, and mental breakdowns like these. From Harper's Bazaar, in 2018, he took to Twitter to post a screenshot of a text exchange, where he sent a picture of the surgeon that operated on his mom. Quote, This is my album cover. This is plastic surgeon Jan Adams, the person who performed my mom's final surgery. Do you have any title ideas? I want to forgive and stop hating. End quote. To which his friend West replied with the title suggestion, Love Everyone, which West appeared to approve of. Kanye is very much like a seesaw. He's either one way or the other most of the time. Uh, the cover of his 2018 album, Ye, reflects this well because it features the phrase, quote, I hate being bipolar, it's awesome, end quote. His vocal and physical support for Trump was no exception. As Forbes puts it, quote, beginning in early October, Kanye West went on a spree of public appearances and interviews in which he spawned anti-Semitic comments and conspiracy theories, criticized Black Lives Matter, ended business relationships, and was blocked on social media platforms, end quote. 
It's hard to believe that that's the same person in the text mentioned above. However, it's easy to see how he could become this way. The combination of his mother's death, media pressure, and bipolar disorder is the perfect storm for a very unfortunate, very public mental breakdown. All in all, the topics covered in this episode further remind us of our disconnect from these towering figures, and what can happen when that barrier is broken. Because the truth is, we operate in separate worlds, whether we like it or not. So it's harder for us to consider the mental well-being of those who seem to have it all. The reality is that most of us will never know the unshakable pressure from the watching eye of society and the detriments that it can cause. With all of that spelled out, it almost feels more normal to have had a breakdown than not. Hmm. Maybe these people's personal lives are none of our business at all. Well, anyways, that's all for this week. We hope you enjoyed, and tune in for next time for some more Tea Tea Time. time.